Welcome back, my friends. Pillow Talk Radio is at it again. Hello. Goddamn, did I have a weekend. I played Dungeons and Dragons for the first time. I went camping, which I haven't done in a long time, and I was honestly surprised at how much I enjoyed. (laughs) I was feeling kind of skeptical going in. I was like, I don't know. My toes are going to get dirty, blah, blah, blah. And my toes did get dirty, but I had a fantastic time. Yesterday, we had a pretty special experience where we drove up the entire mountain, this huge mountain. Me and a couple of my friends were sitting in the back of the pickup truck, just having the freaking time of our lives going up this huge mountain, (laughs) just partying in the back of the truck. We got to the top. I had never been on top of such a tall mountain, and we could see Mount Rainier. We had this incredible view of Mount Rainier, and I felt this, just this giddiness, this aliveness within myself of doing something for the first time. And I was talking with a few of my friends about how as we get older, we don't have as many firsts. So it's like these firsts, we get to really cherish that sensation of, oh my God, I've never done this before. So I felt that. I really felt it at the top of the mountain. I was also kind of scared. (laughs) I was a little bit afraid of the height. So yeah, it was very energizing, very energizing. I also just got off the very first welcome podcast for Magnetics Love School for Women. And I'm feeling just stoked on the synergy between me, Hannah, and Kat, the two support coaches. Uh, Hannah, you met in a previous podcast and Kat, you're going to meet in today's podcast. So I'm just riding that sensation of whatever is... Hang on. That was just Hannah texting me that Kat is awesome, (laughs) which she is. And you're going to find that out soon before we get into it. I announced on Instagram kind of stealthily. I'm intentionally keeping this pretty low key because I really want these three spots, these three scholarship spots that I've reserved and am holding open for three women who have been listening to all the podcasts, have been watching all my stories, who really wanted to do the love school, and who financially the full enrollment was just really out of range at the current moment. I reserved three spots. One is an extended payment plan. One is 30% off tuition, and one is a completely full ride. So through this week, I am accepting applications for the scholarship spots If that describes you, what I just said, you've been really curious and you're like, oh, I don't know if I can make that investment at this point because it's a big investment. It's a four-figure investment. I fully invite you to apply for one of those scholarship spots. You can email jazz at hello at coreboycoaching.com if you're interested, and she will get back to you with the application, which basically just asks a bit about you and why you want to do this experience. Without further ado, today's podcast is with Kat, who is so awesome. She is She's my second support coach for this experience, the Magnetics Love School. And what I love about Kat, she just keeps it fucking real. And I love her relationship experience. I love how she intentionally created the relationship she wanted to experience. Without further ado, here's Kat. Relax. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. (sighs) Welcome to Pillow Talk Radio. The most delicious place to be. On this podcast, we explore how to create more connection, possibility, romance, and magic, and love, and in life. 
I'm your host and relationship specialist, Cora Boyd. Are you with me? Hello, friends. Welcome back. We have a special guest, yet another special guest today. Kat Munoz is here. She's a relationship coach and a baller. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Kat has been married for 13 years. We've been together for 13 years. She's been together. They've been together for 13 years. Married for like five or six. We're going to have a conversation today about what she has learned about relationships, what she teaches, how she helps people really thrive in partnerships and let go of the bullshit beliefs and stories we've all picked up from various places that really hold us back in partnerships. What got you curious about becoming a relationship coach? Or like, when did that start tingling for you where you're like, Ooh, I feel I'm feeling compelled to do that. It kind of happened on accident because me and my husband went through so much. We did a lot of learning and a lot of growing throughout kind of the middle years of our relationship. And we used to be really, really bad. Not super toxic. We were just kind of whatever. We weren't super committed. And then I got pregnant and just went on this crazy ass journey of trying to figure out what we were and who we were together and who I was. And just through learning and reading and developing us and our relationship, once it got really good, everyone and their mom was just coming to me for everything. Sex, communication, like, oh, what do I do for this? What do you do for this? Like everyone was just coming to me and I would just talk to people. I'd get in random ass conversations with a woman at the park. It just kept happening over and over and over. And years went by and then people were coming back to me and being like, what you said changed my life. And that kept happening over and over. And I just felt amazing. It felt incredible. And I just felt like what I knew and what I had learned needed to be shared. And then I discovered the coaching industry. And because I didn't even know it was a thing till really not that long ago. Yeah. Like I knew what therapy was. I've had coaches and mentors before, but like the actual coaching industry, I'm fairly new-ish. Once I discovered it and I was like, oh, holy shit, like this is me. This is where I belong. I think it's the best job ever. You get to live your life, take learnings and teachings from your own experience, and then share that with other people and get paid and then help them. Knowing that you can take your experience and kind of alchemize it into something that will be helpful for you and for other people gives so much meaning to to experiences. Or even when you're deep in something, you're like, oh, this is terrible. or This is so uncomfortable. It just, I feel it gives such a sense of purpose to living too, because the living is so integrated in the sharing because that's Mm -hmm. also like why people relate to you and why, why they're approaching you for relationship advice is because they see you living it and they see you experiencing the kind of relationship they want to have. And you speaking honestly about like, Hey, sometimes, (laughs) sometimes there are challenges and there's a lot that we've worked through that makes it feel so approachable. And I love your relationship story too, which I got to hear a bit about. (laughs) And like, I'd love, for you to share a bit about for listeners as well. But I think sometimes we we view relationships in this static way of like, oh, that was a good relationship or like that was a shitty relationship or like that was an unhealthy one. A single relationship with one person can be all of those things or can go undergo all these different seasons. And they do, they oh, yeah. do because they mm-hmm. evolve with us. So I find that so 
poetic and encouraging. Thank you. I know. I tell people all the time, my shitty first boyfriend is the same. (laughs) He's the same person. Like my amazing marriage, it's with the same person. Everyone always talks about their shitty first real crappy relationship that like went to shit. I'm like, yeah, I had that. But it's with the same person. Same guy. (laughs) So they're like, what? We've evolved and we've come such a long way. And it's still not easy. Like it is. It's so much easier now than it ever has been. But I feel like I've changed my definition of easy Mm. because it's alive, it's evolving. Our relationship is evolving just as much as we are. And we're still having to learn and we're still having to navigate through things and like pivot through things. People ask me about how, how do you communicate so well? I'm like, we just learned how to not take it so personally when we didn't communicate well. The other day we were talking and we were by ourselves. Our kids were with my grandparents. And so we were having like a real long conversation and we just kept looking at each other like, what? He's like, what, is, what do you mean? Like, what are you saying? And I'm like, oh, like, and I had to just reword what I, what I was saying a little bit. And he's like, oh, I thought you meant something completely different. And we were just looking at each other like we were nuts. That's the same stuff that happened back in the day, except we'd get so pissed off about it. We'd be like, what the fuck? What are you saying? And now we're just like, oh, wait, did you mean this or did you mean that? And we just explain and pivot a little. And then we're like, oh, okay. And we move on. Yeah. We just make things not a big deal anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the nicest aspect of our relationship. Right. And I think normalizing that and like normalizing that, of course, there are going to be times that you don't understand each other or you press each other's buttons a little bit, or, you know, someone is completely energetically depleted and acts like a child. <laughs> like yeah. that, that's just going to happen. And that's part of it. And that's, it's nothing to be afraid of. And I, I think also, Part of what can feel unattainable when we talk about quality in relationships is we're like, wait, what does that mean? Does that mean I, it has to be rainbows and butterflies every single moment of every day? And it's just so relaxing to realize that no, <laughs> there's no pressure to be perfect. A hundred percent. And it was removing that pressure that made everything better. And what's so nice about me and my husband's dynamic, and this is what I teach other people, is we're still just us. We're still just complete individuals. So if I need to just do me, I do. We give each other that space and that time just to do what we need to do. And sometimes we do stuff together and sometimes we don't. And it's not that big of a deal. (laughs) We do everything together. It's kind of ridiculous. We are that couple that people see and they're just like, that are like grossed out by that couple that's just like all over each other. And it's been almost 15 years and we, we've gone full circle and come back to that because we were the couple that hated each other and now we're the couple that's just obsessed with each other. So when we need our space, it's fine. I don't yeah. care if he wants to go do something. He doesn't care if I'm like, I need to be alone right now. Taking that pressure off of having to like be this perfect entity, letting go of that has just been everything for us. And I love 
what you're saying too, and just like really giving yourself and each other the freedom to, you know, you're growing your business and you described there's newness and, and like making career pivots. And inevitably when we're exploring something new, we try on new identities and maybe, you know, we're at home and we need to flex a little bit. We're like, I need to express myself in this way. And maybe our partner is momentarily not jiving with that. But like, what is the most loving thing really is to give someone the full freedom to be themselves themselves and also recognize that a lifelong commitment or a long-term commitment, there's going to be a lot of selves expressed. I'm just going to go ahead and assume based on how I know you and what I've been able to perceive of you so far that we share a fundamental freedom value and yes. like freedom of personal expression Completely. That is so huge in relationships and is something that in past experiences I have felt stifled with because I love to explore different schools of thought or like, I love to explore like, oh, I'm feeling kind of bossy lately. Like I'm into it. We're doing it. Like we're going for it. Or like, oh, I'm feeling like I'm really doing a deep dive into, into like this kind of work right now. And like, who am I being right now? And like in my current relationship, feeling so much freedom and acknowledgement that none of that is any less myself. All of that is me. It's just different expressions of myself. So much of the tension that we navigate in relationships too is like we obviously we need the security and we wanna we wanna have a clear idea of who who the other person is or you know for our emotional stability and to know oh my god this person is gonna show up for me. And we also need to feel that freedom. And to be able to have both at once, yep, incredible. Yep. I need to tell him to no GTFO. <laughs> you stay in your room. I'm almost done. Okay, you need to stay in there. I love you. <laughs> Mommy. Mommy. This is what happens when you're an entrepreneur, right? And you have children, and yep. you're just living your life. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is just the way that it is. Yeah. And it's and it's okay. <laughs> yeah. What do you feel are looking at past cat who didn't know how to show up in relationships like current cat does? What do you feel like some of the more significant shifts like mental and behavioral shifts you've made that have taken your relationship to this place where of course, it's ever evolving and it's dynamic and there are times when it's not easy, but you feel fulfilled. One of the first things that comes to mind is I just had to stop being a bitch. <laughs> I was just a little bitch sometimes, or most of the time, I should say. And it wasn't intentional. I was just so needy and whiny and I wanted him to complete me so bad and I wanted him to be everything for me. I wanted that fairy tale rom-com relationship, you know what I mean? And he was just like, what? <laughs> he was just being himself and I was like, no, I, I need you to be this. I want this relationship and if you're not going to be this for me, then like, what the heck? I had high standards for what I wanted. And at the same time, I didn't know who the fuck I was. I hope it's okay that I say fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As I say it again, fuck. <laughs> Anyways, I didn't know who I was. And yet 
I thought I wanted all of these things and I wasn't allowing him to be himself. And I was just a brat about it. I was going to ask like what at that time, like what was the image in your mind that you thought everything had to be? I just knew that I didn't want what I was getting and it wasn't even him. Mm -hmm. It was me. It was me not being fulfilled in myself. It was me not, not taking care of myself and not valuing who I was. And I was putting that on him. He's always had very clear boundaries and he's always been very upfront with me from the very beginning. He was like, okay, he always told me exactly what he wanted. He didn't like play games with me and say we were something that we weren't. And it wasn't until I let him be him that our dynamic started to change. I was like that crazy bitch. Like the one that you hear stories about, like at parties or something, or just went nuts and drank and did all the crazy shit. He has so many of those stories about me. Now we're married with kids and we have this quote unquote, like perfect little family, like from what people see on the outside. But like, yeah, I was that bitch. I had to do a lot of growing. Yeah. And that, that's such a good example of how our ability to relate with other people is very much our ability to relate to ourselves. Or like if, if we're being really judgmental of someone else, it's usually because we're being really judgmental of ourselves. And I also feel like as you were talking about that, I was thinking about how I feel like women are told or, or like implicitly told that in order to be quote high value, we need to be difficult. It's like the confusion of like, oh, making him quote work for it while also, you know, acknowledging that the reason why it's kind of confusing is because like the converse side of this is that women are often told that they are difficult just by like having needs, right? As a woman in relationships, untangling untangling all of that and being like, whoa, what here am I responsible for? What is actually my responsibility here? Knowing what my needs are, right? And, and also meeting our own needs, meeting our own needs. I feel like also in terms of relationship fulfillment or satisfaction, so much of what can block us or stand in our way is that social comparison of the optics of a relationship, concerning ourselves so much with how something looks. How does this look for the brand, you know, mm -hmm. like the, the personal brand or like, oh, my partner is doing this. Like, but I want to be, I want to be the kind of girl who has this type of boyfriend when mm -hmm. it's like, wait, wait, what is actually underneath that? Like, what, what does that say about who you actually want to be as yourself? And like, go just be that thing. And then you don't need the yeah. partner to fill that for you. Yeah. Something that came to mind when you were saying that was towards the beginning of our relationship, if we went out anywhere, I always wanted him to hold my hand. He had to hold my hand, especially if we were walking past anyone. If we were out at all, he had to have his arm. I wanted him to have his arm around me or we had to be holding hands. I didn't even realize this until the other day when we were walking, we were out. And I, I pick up on people's energy really, really well. And we were out and we were just, you know, walking on like a pier and the couple walked past us and this girl looks at me and she like eyes us up and down and is grabbing this guy, like has his, her arm entangled like around his arm and, and is like grabbing his hand and there's just no space between them. And she like looks at me and my husband and like looks us up and down and then like smiles at her guy. You can just read it all over her face like, oh, we're closer than them because mm -hmm. they're not touching. 
And mm. I picked that up and I was like, oh, I totally used to do that. Mm. I used to do that. I don't think twice about that now. I'm like, we are just, we are good. We're yeah. good and we're on point just in general. Yeah. I don't feel the need to have to prove that when we're out in public because it just is. We're just living it. What popped into my mind with that is a relationship as a status symbol, mm-hmm. which is something we're culturally fed quite a bit and which I also really believe is one of the main things that holds people back from actually enjoying re- their relationships and like enjoying the act of being in it. And you had an Instagram post this last week that was so good about presence in relationships or that that was my interpretation of it. Yeah. And the beauty that can happen when we just relax into the moment to moment experience of a relationship and realize that it's not about the status symbol. Also more power to enjoying some optics, you know, no shame on that as a, as a byproduct, if we're going to enjoy it, you know, awesome. Fundamentally, why are we in a relationship with someone? Is it because we think that we should be? We want to be, you know, competitive with our friends or like we want to show people that a man values us enough to commit to us, right? Like we were talking about this last week, uh, some questions you've gotten around, how did you get him to commit? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, this is a broader theme, but just like the, the social comparison when it comes to relationships is, is so real when it comes Mm -hmm. to a lot and like how, how that really robs us of presence, which is really all a relationship is as your post was saying, it's like those moments together. I see that all the time. And I, that's exactly how I used to be. I wanted to be the couple. I got pregnant and we weren't married. And so I wanted us to get married. I didn't know what that meant. Mm. I didn't know really why, other than the fact that we were about to have a baby. So I'm like, oh, well, we should get married. Why not? And I was so offended by the fact that he was like, no, we're not ready for marriage. I don't know if I want to be with you forever. And I was so offended and upset by that, but I didn't think past the ring. And now more than ever, we have it together more than we ever did. I've never talked about our fuck ups more than I do now. (laughs) We had to go through all of the shit to get to where we are now. The less I care about how we look to other people, the more people look at us and think we're amazing. Right. Because they can actually see, look, they're connecting. Look, they're enjoying Mm -hmm. themselves because you're being present together. And sometimes that might be a kerfuffle or an argument or whatever is present for you Mm -hmm. together. He doesn't have to be praising me 24 7, Mm -hmm. which he pretty much does. If I'm being totally honest, we've gotten to the point where we're constantly building each other up. But we've also gotten to the point where we can just be real as fuck with each other. And if I say something and he doesn't like it, he can tell me and vice versa. Absolutely. And it sounds like too, probably the place where you're in, where you are building each other up consistently, that's coming from a place of wanting to Mm -hmm. because you don't feel obligated to constantly be like, oh, here's how I have to be. Here's how I have to be. Here's what I have to say. And it's an overflow more than a like, let's do our daily reps together. (laughs) No, totally. I'm not looking for him to fill me up because I'm already filled and neither is he. Do you have any practices in place, like how you carve out time for certain things or 
check-ins you do or like any anything that listeners in relationships could implement or try out in their relationship? One thing that I was super intentional about when when we were really trying to change the dynamic of our relationship was I would just be happy to see him mm. instead of, oh, you're just there. Or if he was gone, if he was at work and he'd come home, I'm very intentional about greeting him, mm. saying hi, asking him how he is, stopping what I'm doing because whatever I'm doing isn't more important than him. We say we're in a we're in a relationship and we say, oh, this is the most important person in my life, but most of the time we don't act like it. That's so true. And if this person is my favorite person and then being a total bitch to him and then the phone rings and I'm like, hi, like, no. That hits so hard, especially because I feel like, you know, as we get comfortable with someone with that, we we start to feel more comfortable expressing our pettiness. And we all, you know, we all have pettiness. Yeah. And it's okay. And it like we do need to take responsibility for how that pettiness is coming into contact with other humans. <laughs> but yeah, that's so true. And how unconsciously we can see that as, oh, well, it's, I'm so comfortable with you that I, and I trust you so much that I'll, I'll behave like an absolute little brat with you when this person who you cherish is to be cherished. It's both. Like you can yeah. feel completely comfortable with this person and trust this person and be 100% yourself and express 100% of your feelings while at the same time being nice. Yeah. And I think that that's something that is really easy to lose. You should be able to deal with my wrath all the time. And like, yeah, like sometimes that happens. Sometimes yeah. it comes up. Sometimes the wrath gets unleashed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and oh. how are we really consciously treating each other well? We have that dynamic where I'm just like, I'm pissed off right now. And he's like, okay, you can be pissed off. I'm going to go over here. I need to be angry right now. And yeah. we can we can do that. Right. And he can give you the respect and freedom to go through your process. That's definitely been a process that we've learned, but we've both been super intentional about it. Yeah. Something that really resonated from our conversation last week was just really emphasizing you're different people. You are different people. And I, I feel like the the most important thing I've come to understand with relationships is viewing viewing the relationship as its own entity. And you're investing in it together. Like the two individual people, you're investing in this entity together and, and you're creating it in such a way that it can it is nurturing to both of you as individuals and like supportive to both of you as individuals. But we're not losing our identity in the entity. I guess the psych term is enmeshment. <laughs> but um, I love that. And, and I think there's so much relaxation in taking off this pressure the pressure to perform, the pressure of the optics, the pressure on your partner to take responsibility for your feelings or your experience to be everything for you. Even as I'm saying this, I'm noticing a little like conditioned part of myself that's like, wait, but they're supposed to be, right? Like from mm-hmm. <laughs> the movies, I'm like, they're supposed to. And but it just doesn't fucking work like that. No. It doesn't work like that. And it's so relaxing to focus on the presence piece. 
we're moving through things together. And like, sometimes those things are sticky. Sometimes they're transcendent. Sometimes it's amazing. And how can we consciously participate in creating more of the experiences we want to have together, but really recognize that relationship, it's just sharing your lives together. It's mm-hmm. just sharing life. It's yeah. sharing your individual lives. It's, it's sharing a collective life is like in the relationship. That's it, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I find that simplifying or that shedding, that's actually where the true transcendence comes in, where you're mm-hmm. like, oh, whoa, wait, this is it. This mm-hmm. is it. This is a relationship. Exactly. I like the idea of viewing the relationship as its own separate entity. And at the same time, you have to be careful not to put the entity above this other person. Mm -hmm. Because I know so many people that are like, oh, well, the relationship. And then they're not actually looking at the person who's in front of them. I'm like, well, are you talking to your partner? Are you listening to your partner? Or do you just have this idea of what this relationship has to be? That doesn't really include them at all. Once I made it simple, and once I just decided to get present and recognize if I needed something to go do it. And if I wanted to be with him and do something together, we would do it. And if we were talking, I would listen. That's so awesome. (laughs) Thank you. Well, that feels like a a perfect note to start closing out on. While you have a captive audience, do you have any, what do you wish more people knew or understood? Stop giving your fucks away to everything and anyone. (laughs) Like, chill the fuck out. (laughs) (laughs) So someone asked me the other day, they're like, you're from California, aren't you? I'm like, yeah. They're like, yeah, I can tell. Apparently, we're really chill. I feel like everyone's just constantly thinking about what is this going to look like and how is this going to be and what are they going to think and da 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 da. Their energy is just drained all the time. You don't have to give your fucks away to your partner. You don't have to give your fucks away to your mom. Relax. I think that was like one of the biggest things that I had to learn was that I cared so much about what everything looked like. And I thought that I had to be a certain thing. And I thought that our relationship had to look a certain way. Yeah. What I'm hearing so much and everything you've been saying is what a shame it is to give over your presence and give over your energy to the hysteria of, is this it? Is this it? Is that going to be it? If we do this, is that, is that then going to be it? What if we do this? Or if I do this and then this person, I get this, this person's approval, or they think our relationship is this, then will that be it? And it's like, yes, this is it. Something that I tell people all the time is stop sacrificing your present for your future. So how can people get more of you? Where can they find you? Let's see. I am all over Instagram right now. Instagram is like my place. I am at Miss Kat Munoz, M-S-K-A-T-M-U-N-O-Z. Awesome. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Pillow Talk Radio. I'm Cora Boyd. And make sure to subscribe so we can keep you in the loop. In the interim, you can find me on Instagram at Boyd. YouTube, Cora Boyd. Website, CoraBoydCoaching.com. Have an excellent rest of your day, night, morning, evening, whatever it is, wherever you are, and we'll catch you next week.